God bless you, saints. God, we're so grateful to be able to gather together, Lord, this morning and pray, Lord, that you'll just bless us as we study these things out that Paul spoke of, Lord, and bless our services today. Brother Wade, back to our studying, Lord God, prepare our hearts and our minds to receive what you have in store for us today, we ask in your name. <clears throat> so we almost made it, well, we, uh, we, we made it through Hebrews 9, but I just wanted to back up and just kind of, um, you know, sometimes there's little scriptures you just kind of want to sit on for a little bit, and um, so uh, back up to verse 15 and just kind of make our way back through to, to uh, the beginning of verse 10 or to chapter 10. So Paul will say in, in Hebrews chapter 9, he says, For this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator, for a testament is a force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Now you think even in the natural, <coughs> when someone dies, then you go uh, stand before the lawyer or whatever and the, the will is read and you get access to the things that they've left for you to have access to. And in the same way when Christ died, then you got access to, you, you got access to your inheritance that that was uh was there for you from before the foundation of the world but just want to kind of meditate on what that means that your inheritance now um you know if, if you're if you were reading the, the last will and testament you can see that this is really a, a great picture because it shows that your will uh you know it could be a house or money or a car or got a key to to something um and it's all granted and then when the will is read then now you've got access to that now Brother Bram said in, in adoption number three, we read this last time. He said, I inherited something. What inheritance? There had to be somebody leave me an inheritance. Why you say Jesus left you an inheritance? Beg your pardon. Jesus never left me an inheritance. Jesus, Jesus never left you an inheritance. He only came down and paid for your inheritance, brought you to your inheritance. But your name was put on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. God gave you your inheritance. Your inheritance was first. Here's the way they try to make it. God said, well, there's a lot of people lost. I don't want them to be saved. So I'll, I'll, I'll send down Jesus. I'll send down Jesus down and perhaps maybe he'll, somebody will feel sorry. I know what I've done and get saved. I wouldn't run my office like that. Even as poor as I do run it sometimes then, I wouldn't do it like that. How about God? So God had the inheritance all prepared for you before you were born. He knew who was going to receive it. He had it all planned out. <clears throat> So if we just meditate on some of those scriptures that we read last time, last last Sunday, in Proverbs 13, it says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. And Ephesians 1 says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. And Ephesians verse 18 says, The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So God wants us to know what our inheritance is. He just want, doesn't want us to go stumbling around wondering what, what we have access to. And I, I believe when, when, you, when you realize what, you're, what, you have, what you should have a right to, 
And you'll do like, you do like Caleb did and say, I'm going to fight for my mountain because it's mine. <laughs> you, it, it, you have a right to it. In Titus chapter 3, he said that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And Romans 8 says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. In Luke chapter 12, there's an interesting story about an inheritance. And, and, and Jesus tells this story. He said, one, uh, as he was you know, speaking to the crowd, one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. So there's a somebody in the in the crowd talking to Jesus, and he's got a situation where his 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 parents or his father's died or whatever the situation is, and now there's a little argument over who gets the inheritance. And he said unto him, "Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you?" And he said unto them, "Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth." So now he's he's shifting their thinking from from things carnal to to things spiritual. Uh, you you think your inheritance is you're so worried about how much money or land you're going to get, but what about what about where your soul is going to go when you die? And he spake a parable unto them, saying, "The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully." And he thought within himself, saying, "What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits." And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. He was so concerned with the natural that he was going to go out and, i got to build a bigger barn, so I'm going to go tear down what I've got and build something greater. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now, see, he wanted, he was so concerned about uh, 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 the, the, the things of this earth. And then Jesus began to tell a parable about somebody that, that thought he was going to have a lot of years left, a lot, uh, 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 many, many, many more years to, to kind of enjoy the fruits of his labors and all the, those big barns that he built. And that night he died. What's your inheritance? Your inheritance, is, your inheritance in Christ is eternal life. Here's another, another parable in Mark chapter 10. When he was going forth out of the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. <clears throat> Did I commit adultery? Did I kill? Did I steal? Did I bear false witness? Defraud not? Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. A lot of stuff on earth. But what about in heaven? And Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? Now, what makes it hard for a rich man to, to see? Because you're looking around at all the possession, all the stuff you got. You got you can one one click. You can buy something on Amazon. You can sit in your easy chair and not even get up when the postman brings your box to your door. And you got all those things, and you can you you you, you are, are, it's so easy in this layout of C and A's to get our mind off of. Off of, off of what's really important, to lay up your treasures in heaven. And that's why Jesus said where your treasure is, 
that's where your heart is. If you're, if you're so concerned about the natural life, then you're not going to be concerned about the spiritual life. But if you're concerned about eternal life, then a lot of times the things of this, of this earth will begin to fade away. In Matthew 19, he said, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, what we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? What are we going to get? Are we going to get, uh, you know, <laughs> who knows where his mind was going. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me and the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundred, hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. And then he goes on to talk about the eleventh hour worker. But in Revelation chapter 21 tells you what you're going to inherit. He that over, overcometh shall inherit all things. Now that's a pretty good selling point for the gospel, isn't it? If you can overcome your pride and your ego and the things of this life, the trials of life, and overcome in Christ and get get in Christ, be born again, right. you're going to inherit all things. Amen. <clears throat> what does inherit mean? Inherit means to, to receive a lot. Like uh, somebody dies and they're going to say, this one's going to get this, this is going to get this. And so when when uh, when the when the wheel is red, when the testament's red, you hear your name called, and oh great, I get this. This is what you're going to get to receive the portion assigned to you. Now, so your portion, your portion, is is what all these scriptures that we've just been reading. To receive an allotted portion, receive as one's own or as a possession, to become partaker of, to obtain. So your inheritance means that is yours. You you have access to it. You, wouldn't it be great if you were listening to the, to the lawyer read the will or whatever, and they say, "Well, you got a you got a new house," or or and and then you you'd go out of there skipping with joy because wow, I've got I've got some money or I've got a new car or whatever. Well, that's uh, think about how joyful we should be when we realize what God has given to us. Now, now here's a great definition of inheritance from the Cambridge Dictionary definition. An inheritance is money, land, or possessions received from someone after the person has died. But it also means the characteristics received from your parents through their genes. Now, you think about how that we've inherited through Christ. We've inherited all things, but we've inherited his characteristics through the new birth. That his, he will change our thinking and change our life to be like him. Change, change, change our makeup so that we're actually the, the manifestation of Christ in this age, in the age that we're living in. So in Galatians chapter 4, Paul said, Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So by the new birth, we have access to all these promises that that uh, God has, has laid out for us. <clears throat> and in Romans chapter 8, verse 15 also. Now you think about uh, an heir, a, a joint heir, to, to actually sit on the throne with Christ and be an heir to everything jointly with him. Now... I got an example as an example, you know, 
I don't watch the royal family or whatever, but it's just something to kind of think about as an example. Um, you, this, these are all the heirs of the royal family over there in England. And, and so, you know, the queen just died. And so that now Prince Charles and, and he's now the king. Um, and, and he's got, he's got everything that the queen had because it was, it was, a, it was her will or whatever. And, uh, so he's got, he's got the throne, he's got the kingdom, he's, he's got, he's inherited everything that goes with that title of being, uh, the, the monarchy of the King of England. And now all of these people here are in line, uh, Prince William, he's, he's going to be next in line. If, if King Charles were to die, if, 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 if Charles dies, then the Testament will go, you got access to everything that I had. You've got my name, you've got my title, you've got uh, all the benefits and privileges there too. And all the way down to this little fellow who's sitting there, I think his name is George, if I remember right. And uh, now, now George, he's a little fellow, so he's got he's to come to a place where he can know what to do with all that. Now, that's the same way that God does with us. He doesn't just pile it on to you all at once. He starts off a little bit by giving you the near birth and you grow into it. So that you have uh, to, to see that you're going to be responsible. You know, they, I, I, I think it's interesting how that even that royal family over there, they, they put their kids through school and they, they make them go to the military and fly a helicopter or whatever. So they learn that they, they start building some character. They know they, they're not just um, necessarily just full of brats. They uh, they they they've been they, they know how to conduct themselves and how to how to serve the, pe- the people and that kind of stuff. So, you know, Brother Bram said in the return in Jubilee, he said, yes, sir, it's time to return. Return to what, Brother Branham? Return back to the organization I come out of? No, return back to your inheritance, the inheritance that our father left us. How did we, what kind of an inheritance did he leave? Wait ye and the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. That's the inheritance. Not go join this one and go join that one, go join this one. Wait till the power Wait till the power comes from on high. How long until? One day? Two days? Wait until. Don't take some little emotion, some little frustration. Wait there until you are dead and buried and born again, anew in Christ Jesus. And every pulsation of your life beats out Jesus Christ. So you can see the life of Christ reflected right in your living the way you go. Yes, sir, till you can find that power like they had back there in the beginning. Because that's your inheritance in Christ. The same life, the same power, you're going to do the greater works. Because he said, he said that's, that's your inheritance. Amen. The signs and wonders will follow them that believe. That's your inheritance. Because eternal life in Christ is your inheritance. So just like little King George, you're, you, you start off with the down payment of, your, of uh, the, the earnest of your inheritance. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14 says, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Now, Brother Branham said, and hear ye him, in the Old Testament, a father owned a great portion of ground, and he had hired servants all around, little places and houses or tents that watched over his flock. Now, when a child was born into this home, the father did not have time to take care of the son the way that he should. So he'd go and hire a tutor or a razor, someone to educate the child. Now, here's where I think that the Pentecostal church made their mistake. When that son was born into the family, he was a son at birth, but his inheritance was not yet determined. It depended on his character. So though being a son, and if he was a disobedient son, he would not inherit anything. 
but still he was a son. But if he was an obedient son, he was heir to all things. And we've been taught, not only through Pentecostal realms, but through the holiness group and the Baptist and what more, that when we're born again, we're sons of God. That's true, but that yet yeah, that's just the beginning. Then it's your character from then on what means the difference. Now, every, here's another. I'm just running through some examples of getting your inheritance. In the Bible, it talks about every that the Shemitah was every seven years, and you'd get you'd get to uh, somebody that was uh, out of their inheritance would would be able to go partially free. Every seven years, your debts would be forgiven. The the, the land would lie fallow, and the private land holdings could be, be go back to to sale and staples such as food stores and perennial harvest to be freely redistributed and accessible to all. And and if you if you went into 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 bondage with a with a, having married a wife previously, then you could go back to that wife. But if you married a wife that was a slave while you were during that seven years, you could not take that wife with you and those kind of things. But after, at the end of the 50 years, I, now I'm going, I'm, I know I'm kind of running through fast, but I'm, I'm just kind of summarizing the inheritance. At the end of the, uh, in Leviticus 25, it says, Thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of, Sabbaths of years unto thee. Seven times seven years in the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Then shalt thou cause the number of the, the, the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. And the day of atonement shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. So when that trumpet sounded, you could go completely back to your inheritance. I see that's typing what Brother Random's message was to, to bring us back to the original faith. To the original, to the original possession of what you're to, to take you back to full inheritance. Now we're speaking of inheritance, full inheritance, full inheritance is not just redemption of your soul, but full inheritance takes you all the way back to to, to full communion with Christ, which is that slide we were looking at last last uh, last Sunday, where full inheritance takes you back to eternal life and the mind and body and subject to the Word and the virtues of God on display. All of this. And speaking conditions and oneness and communion with God and a supernatural understanding of supernatural things and the ability to discern truth from error, no matter how close it is, and and fortification behind God's word, because God's going to have a bride that won't be like Eve, that she's not going to be fooled by something the devil tells her, and an anointed life and dominion over the earth and full redemption for soul, spirit, and body. Christ completely manifested in you and all the way to a body change. Now, see, that's a summary of what your inheritance is. So now going back to this story that I kind of alluded to earlier that in Joshua chapter 14, when they when they came out, uh, crossed over the River Jordan, the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal and Caleb, the son of Jephun of the Kenizzite said unto him, thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God concerning me and thee and Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my, thy God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old, as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then, even so is my strength now. 
for war both to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain, whereof the Lord speak in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out. As the Lord said, And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh Hebron for an inheritance. So when Joshua gave Caleb that land, that was his. And just like when you read in the Bible the things that are yours, if it says it's yours, then you have access to it, but you've got to fight for it like Caleb did. There's, there's going to be times where you get on your knees and you struggle and you read through your Bible to be sure that that's what you have access to. But if the Bible says it, you can claim it. You've got a right to it. And why do you have a right to it? That's what Paul was talking about here. When Paul, uh, Jesus died so that you, you could, your inheritance could be expressed in you so that you could have access to it. He died so that, so when you read in the Bible, the reading of the Bible is the reading of the will. The will is laid out for you here in the pages of the Bible. And when you open it up and it becomes real to you, you've got access to it. It's yours. <clears throat> maybe as the preaching of the word goes forth today and as you leave the building, maybe uh, something will, will special will ring in your heart to know that, that these things that we're hearing about are not just vain promises, but that Christ died for, died for us to have access to them. So if we go back to the scripture that we just read, it says in verse 15, for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. That by, and remember, a mediator is one that stands between, but also the mediator is the one, the one that's going to, 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 to make a, he, he is the one that's going to see that the things that are spoken of are going to come to pass. That's the mediator's job. The mediator is going to say, well, he's not just a, 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 between, a, a between the two, the two opposing things. Uh, he's not just going to resolve the conflict, but he's going to stand there and make sure that that testament is fulfilled. That by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. <clears throat> for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Now, see, you that the pattern is repeated all through the Scripture. In, in the Old Testament, the Old Testament was in effect after the death of the animal. In the New Testament, the Testament is in effect after the death of Christ. In the Old Testament, that's what Paul, keep, as he keeps going on, he says, Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. But when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Why did he sprinkle the book? Because that's your will. <laughs> and that will is going to come into effect. In Exodus chapter 4, Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. In Hebrews 9, if we keep reading on, he says, Moreover, he sprinkled both with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. Now, when you when when the blood is shed, uh, you've got you've got something that you can you can have confidence in. Blood is life. It's the life of the in the Old Testament. The life of the animal was shed. The New Testament, the life of God was shed, and that life is going to come back in the believer through the through the new birth. Brother Brown said in an insight, he said the penalty is death and something has to die to pay that penalty. 
So it can only be substitutionary. We're, we're all in death if there wasn't a substitute for us to hold on to. And man in doing this realized that, that he needs something to hold on to. Something that he can put his hands on. Something he can say, this is it. I've got it. I know it's it. So an identify with Christ, Brother Ram said in the Old Testament, when a man wants to be identified at the house of God, he took the most innocent thing he could find, a lamb. And he knew the lamb was free from sin because it knew no sin. And he went and took the lamb and put his hand upon his head and confessed his sin. And by faith, he transferred his sins on the lamb and the innocence of the lamb back on him. And then the lamb died because it was a sinner. And the man lived by an act of faith of obeying what God said. Now, that, see, when you put your hands on that, on that lamb in the Old Testament and saw that blood running through it, you can say, running down off, off of the lamb, you can say, this is it. My sins are gone. But what did he do? He went right back out of the temple with the same desire he had when he come in. Because when that blood cell is broken, which the life starts in one blood cell, and when that blood cell was broken, the life of the lamb would not coincide or come back into the human life because it was an animal life. The man without with the same desire he had, so therefore he committed sins continually all the time again. The musicians can go ahead and come forward. But see, now in the New Testament, it's going to change the believer. It's going to change you. But there come a time when God made us an example. And he gave us the Lord Jesus. And when a sinner puts his hands upon his precious head and confesses his sins, and his sins is transformed or transferred from the sinner to Jesus, and the innocence of Jesus is transferred by the Holy Ghost back into that person, he's a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's where I want to be identified. The Bible said he knowing no sin was made sin for us. The reason he suffered was for our sins. And it's no more than what is right, no more than our duties to look at these things and see that these desires that we have, that God put in us, to create in us, to make us, to want to be like him. That's your inheritance, that God will change your desire to be like him and to want to be like him, to forsake the things of this world. You've got access to these things that the Bible speaks of. God bless you. Bless you.